So, if you're new here, welcome, welcome. And if you're coming back for the first time, welcome again. I'm Mark. I'm Ryan. I'm Breezy. And we're here to talk to you guys. And the question is, what are we talking about today? So, I'm the lead raiser today, and we're going to be talking about dreams. As a huge, huge, huge One Piece fan, and like the whole point of the story being freedom and dreams is uh, wanted to talk about dreams and you guys' views on dreams, how you feel about them, what they are. So, my first thing is like... Uh, have you ever had a reoccurring dream? And if you have, how vivid or how intense was it? All right. So the reoccurring dream I had was from uh, the movie Jurassic Park. Where there's this, there's this part where they're driving in a Jeep during the night away from a T-Rex or something. And there's one guy in the back who's saying, go faster, go faster. Uh, my reoccurring dream from, I guess the first time I saw that movie, I was that guy in the back, being staring down the T-Rex. Was he gonna go faster? Go faster! And I had that dream like for several years in a row, but uh, eventually it just stopped. Stopped having that recurring dream somewhere around uh, before I started high school. Jeez, I don't know if I ever had one based off of a movie before. Random. I don't know why that. I didn't. I wasn't really affected by the movie. It just, just that dream kept happening. Yeah, that's a weirdly specific, random ass part of the movie as well, too. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, I had all the dinosaurs and shit happening. Like the fact they like the just being in the car saying faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Reads you. Mine isn't that interesting for me. It's uh, it, it must have been psychological. So as a kid, <laughs> I always had this dream where. We watched the Olympics when I was younger, and I always remember the uh, gymnast spinning on the spinning on the beam. And for my dream, it was that, but I couldn't get off. I could never get off. <laughs> that sounds oh. horrifying. It was horrifying. It would happen. You know, I would get this dream maybe once a week at the time. And then once it was, a week. Once a week, and uh, it wasn't. All, it was like maybe three weeks in a row. I got the dream, and then uh, years later, it came back. Um, <laughs> so I had the dream again, and it's it's the type of thing where like I had daydreams about it, and if I ever like like on bus rides or something like that or long car rides and if if i have it during the whatever thing i was riding in even airplane ride i think i whenever i rode an airplane i had this dream i would have to if i'm experiencing this as a daydream i would have to move my head too to to to, to, to the rotation exactly and once i stopped i could actually get off but i had to do a certain amount of rotation (laughs) before so did you like speed up did you speed up your rotations like with it or did you just keep like a steady pace it was a steady pace yeah it was a steady pace and eventually i could do that and then stop it yeah but in the dream itself it's just a nightmare it was it was endless (laughs) until i woke up (laughs) i'm just imagining the person sitting next to you and they just see this kid just doing yeah yeah. And it's like, hey, uh, hey stewardess, can I, can I, can I check, my, can I check my seat? I don't, I don't want to get away from Damien over here. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty, right yeah. pretty bad. I had, to, I was, I was, uh, aware enough to where like I did it subtly. Like it got to a point where I could just do it with my eyes. And yeah, so it wouldn't look too weird. But yeah, it, it didn't last past like whenever the last time I had like a, I think a, a flight. That was the last time. That's so, so. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. I think that may be the scariest dream I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I got another one that's pretty scary. It's not yeah. a reoccurring one, but yeah. So mine was uh, mine's is actually um, 
So mine is, is interesting because, so don't know. Um, I have an eighth month old daughter and I don't know if I manifested her or if I was told to, I'm gonna get into it. Mm-hmm. So the reincarnation dream I had, I always had this dream. I was, uh, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, just chilling, chilling, chilling. Door opens. Um, I never see the woman's face. It's just a woman with long, dark hair. Mm. A little girl runs in, takes her backpack off, throws it on the floor. She comes up next to me, sits on the couch with me, like wraps up in my arms, and we watch TV together. Mm. And then like it, it skips forward in time. Then like the woman says, like dinner's ready, and we get up and we go to dinner, and that's it. Mm. And like I had that dream when I was like. 17, 18 mm-hmm. for the first time. And I was like terrified because I was just like, I got somebody pregnant. Because <laughs> I was just, like, that's my whole thing. So I'm like, I just dreamed I had a little girl. I was like, I for sure got somebody pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then I had the dream again and I was probably like, maybe like 22, 23. And like, I was, then I was having it like once a month, once every couple months or whatever. And it would just be there. And it was super, super vivid, mm-hmm. like creepily vivid. Like yeah. I can, touch, feel, smell the air, like everything. But it was weird. Like I never saw a little girl's face. I never mm. saw the woman's face. Mm. And um, I've always wanted to have a little girl first. So I don't know psychologically <laughs> if I manifested wanting to have a little girl mm-hmm. or if this dream implanted in me that I wanted a little girl first. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of been like this little weird thing. I just been, just been thinking about lately. Have you ever still, have you ever heard the story of Plagueis the Wise? but no other than that um i you said you told me this story before emma was even born yeah everything you just said in vivid detail i remember everything you just said years and years ago and it was just it was just weird so like when um i was just so leading up to her pregnancy i was like gung-ho gung-ho gung-ho's gonna be a girl and everyone told me it's gonna be everyone's like no it's gonna be a boy it's gonna be a boy at least you have a boy and i was like i want a girl first and everyone's like why and i'm like well me being a man Boys are dumb, mm-hmm. and they're real dumb when they're little. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, girls mm-hmm. tend girls tend to be a little bit smarter, and they tend to be a little bit more um, uh, smarter about the bad shit that they do. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't really want to deal with it. So I'm like, it's probably better to have a girl. And I was like, you know, I might be biting myself and ass about that in like 15 years, but we'll uh, we'll see when we get there. So mm-hmm. you didn't tell anybody what you were having before. We didn't know. Because you you all didn't know. Yeah. Um, My brother, before any of us knew, said, Mark is going to be a great girl dad. That's what my brother said. (laughs) Yep. Right up there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was actually my my first uh, Father's Day. Mm. So, I got that for me. She got me that. And then um, I got this this one with an um, E on it. And then I got a mother mother chain that got me. Yeah, for those of you kick, who can't see, it's a book called Girl Dad. Yeah, we've been trying to find. Um, I take it to heart. Like it's a. This is the first job I've had that I actually want to do <laughs> all the time, and it's actually enjoyable and it's fun. Yeah, it's uh It's interesting, like going from being, you know, just like not having a kid to having a kid, and not in like the typical ways that like people will think. Like you know, obviously like late nights, early mornings, still with the kid. Whatever, but it's just like uh, it's watching them learn and grow because you realize, like you know, you have your friends like with us. You know, we see each other learn different tasks or whatever. But it's like actually like seeing someone figure something out is like that's the best feeling in the world now. Yeah. And it's like uh, especially when it's like she's learning how to uh, 
like it, like when she gets tangled up and stuff, I'll leave her tangled up for a minute. And like she's been getting herself out of it. Like she'll try one way, and if it doesn't work, she's been like walking around the other way. Um, good example. So I was getting ready upstairs, and we have this long hallway to go down to the bathroom. But like I didn't want her to get to the bathroom because this is a bunch of shit she doesn't need to get in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I just put like pillows and covers in the floor or whatever, just made like a little obstacle course. And I was like, yeah, I'll keep her busy for a while. Mm-hmm. I love her like five minutes later. She's just like, what up, dad? <laughs> she's like, dad, dad. And I was like, like <laughs> in the bathroom yeah just this right like, i literally she she tugged on my she tugged on my pant leg and i just like looked down and i was just like and i looked through and i was like she had to make it through there's no yeah. other way for her to get yeah. through so it's like these those those feeling is 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 great and one of the guys at work asked me one day he was just like um is it more stressful having a kid and i was like honestly it is in a way, but for another reason i mean the other side of that it's not at all like it's not it's not it's not stressful at all because it's like in my situation, it's like, I have a kid with the woman I love. So it's just like, you are the product of our love. So it's just like, nah, I just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, I don't feel the, the, the stress of it because it's like, I want to see you grow. Like, I want to see you succeed. Like, I want to see you do all these things. So it's just like, yeah, you know, some days, some days do I want to punch the moon? Yes. God, yes. But the other time that it's like, at the end of the day, it's like everything that we're teaching her and learning and like she's learning now is just like, it's just going to keep going and going and going and going. So it's just like, it's fun, man. It's really, really fun just watching her grow and figure stuff out and just, and she's insanely strong. (laughs) And I just like, it's weird. Yeah. You, you made Anakin Skywalker. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations, Plagueis. Uh, just so she stays away from the dark side. She, does. she doesn't <laughs> cry about it the whole time. Use use force hockey key to create new life. Congratulations! Yeah, man, it's good. It's, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, and it's interesting to the, the 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 funnest thing is like figuring out her traits, like what traits she has from like the both of us. Mm-hmm. And I realized when she she got from um, for me is like when she she's somebody for the first time or like she meets some or she sees something new. She'll like look at it, just stare at it from like a bunch of different angles and try to figure it out what's going on, how it works or whatever. Mm. And then like, yeah. she'll, and then as she sees it more, she starts to interact with it more. Like mm. people, items, whatever. Like the more she sees it, the more she interacts with it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like she's very cautious. She's very yeah, cautious, but also very reckless too. <laughs> like she, because if it's something she knows what it is, caution is just out of there. Mm-hmm. Both of y'all. Yeah, I, I noticed that earlier today. She looked at. Breezy was like, hi, hi, hi. She look at dad. She's like, oh, give me, give me. And then she look at me and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then she look back at you and then you look at her like. What's you? up with that guy? Who you? She's like, oh. Like, oh. No, the smiling and laughter just stopped. <laughs> she saw me. I felt self-conscious. <laughs> she got no, she had to warm up to me. I had to warm her up in, in the room and air. Um. Just oh like yeah, you did come talk to her. Really, yeah, when I was in there, she was just staring at me too. Just, just, yeah, it doesn't help that like me and so both have Russian bitch face, so she got like an amplified version of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's fair. Hey, you, she like you need to tell me what you about <laughs> right away. Either way, I need to understand you first before we become cool. Which it, how it should be, <laughs> how it should be. Yeah, she um, and she's very um. <clears throat> Interested in new things, which is something that, like, I'm, uh, she's interested enough to be, like, look at him and see, like, what you guys, like, just, like, you guys are talking about. But she's also cautious enough to be like, yeah, all right, you know. And I love that, because it's like, mm-hmm. for her being, a, you know, being a girl that I'm like, good. Yeah. You know, that's good. That's a good start. And yeah. then I told myself I'm putting her in jujitsu as quick as I possibly can. Oh, that's mm-hmm. going to be cool. 
You might have a little Ronda Rousey on your hands. She's like, why? I'm like, one, it's like the easy, not, I won't say easiest martial art to learn, but it's a martial art built for like various different body states, body, body types. And it works well with like a little girl can learn it and actually have a a combative chance against like a romance or something else to go, go sideways. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just That's a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. Is she gonna be, you think she's gonna be one of the types who like tries a bunch of stuff? Honestly, that's kind of something that we go, um, I've, I've actually talked to a lot of parents about that and asked them, like, uh, what do you do? Because mm. it's like the, so the thing is, you want them to try a bunch of things. You want them to try, but, but you don't want them to try too much because you still want them to have an interest, but then you also don't want to push them too, too hard into, uh, one thing. Cause I talked to this one guy and like he was a basketball player. Like that's what he did. He hooped his whole, whole life and like that's what he loved. And he said when his son was younger, he's like, he's just like pretty much beat it into him. Like he needs to play basketball, he needs to play basketball. But he's like, he wasn't athletic, yeah. you know, and he didn't really like basketball. And like now he doesn't, he's a, he doesn't like basketball even more because of that. And he's like, yeah. you know, that's one of my biggest regrets. Cause he was like, if I would have backed off a little bit, we could have possibly like revisited later. He could have got into it or, you know, it would have been a like door open. But he's like, pretty much, he's like, I pretty much closed the door by myself before he even got an opportunity to say he liked it or disliked it because I forced it down his throat. Yeah. That's, but on the opposite of that, like I have regrets that I never did sports in high school because I think I would have been good at it. Um, because I, I just, so I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do. So I just wish I did have that push younger. Um, even younger in high school, I would say even like middle school, I wish, uh, I did get like a little push in a direction to do more stuff like that. Um, so I think you should encourage certain things, but not yeah so we kind of said like you know anything she's interested in we'll give it a shot and we you know our requirement yeah. is just gonna be like do one season one session like whatever uh six weeks a year whatever the session is like just finish that because like you know because i because someone that did play sports like growing up earlier it's like the the pluses and the minus is like not necessarily what you're doing but the people you meet yeah because yeah. like the people you meet your coaches that can change the you can fall in love or hate an entire sport based on that because like when you're young i mean like you're not trying to like train to be the best, you know what I mean? You're not trying to do it where you're just trying to like have some fun, meet some people and do some things, you know? And then like, you know, eventually you get to a point where like you find out like, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. Like I don't want to push it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're keeping a pretty open mind about it. Like, I don't really care what she does. If she wants to be a ballerina. She wants to be a basketball player, archery, you know, like taxidermy. Like literally, I don't give a shit. You know, I just want her to like find her people and like, you know, just get into something, do something, have some fun with it. Cause it's like, I playing sports that you playing sports when I was younger was just like a it was a great way to meet people. You know what I mean? And then like when you <clears throat> you build these rivalries with like various other schools or people you play against or like, you know, your friends and stuff. So like it's just and it's just something to um you know, something to talk about, something to do on the weekends too. So Yeah. That's true. That's one thing I wish uh I did more of. I think I had a problem with like um for one thing I had somewhat of a problem with authority, but also I had a problem with um like team-based stuff so i always avoided it like i liked it when i was younger like in the hood like just playing street on the on the street yeah play basketball on the street um but like when it came to school stuff i didn't like the idea of like having to be you know i guess i didn't like the responsibility of it like you had to be somewhere at a certain time do a certain thing i wanted to just do things my way Mm. like you know it's different playing sports in the hood because you just go outside right if I have some kids, y'all just do it. But, you know, when it's like school stuff, it's like, oh, you got to do this after school. You got to do this before school. You got to do this on the weekends. I like cartoons. I like cartoons <laughs> way too much. I like video games way too much. So it was like, nah, I'm going to play basketball when I want to with Mario down the street. 
And, uh, you know, just keep it like that. As a, to, to speak from the opposite side of that, mm-hmm. I was still able to do all of that. Okay. Cause like, realistically, most, uh, most of my games and stuff, they started at like 12, 1 o'clock. So mm-hmm. I still got the, I still got my block of cartoons I got to watch on the weekend. Gotcha. And it was practice only like a couple times during the week. So I'm like, wasn't that bad. Plus, playing sports just gets you out of a lot, just gets you out of a lot of stuff. That's true. You know, once you, if you're decently good, you can just get away with murder. That's like, true. I, honestly, <laughs> I, true. I guarantee you, that's probably the reason why like, I didn't get kicked out of school. Because I'm, I'm sure I should get kicked out of my middle school. Mm-hmm. But I didn't because I was decent at sports, and that kept me alive. See, I had that, too, but for other reasons. And uh, that's best say for a different podcast. <laughs> but uh, I had that immunity as well uh, for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, if you want to know what those reasons are, <laughs> be sure to subscribe. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> Personally, I wasn't very, uh, I wasn't very athletic, but my brother was. And just like the story you told before, he was really into basketball and he tried to shove it down my throat. And even though I actually did enjoy playing basketball, uh, he was just too, uh, too aggressive about it, trying to get me to play. And it made me, it made me pull away from, uh, from basketball as a whole. People used to always tell me that I had, um, I had potential at, at football and I had no real desire to play football. It was fun though. Mm-hmm. I like playing football. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't like getting hit. Fair enough. So, yeah, uh, that's fair. yeah, that's like the biggest thing to get over playing football. Also, I, I got a really bad shoulder injury. That yes. shoulder yes, injury. That shoulder injury. So I actually just, I could not throw anything i could not make any full power motions with my shoulder because if i did just right out of socket just mm, thrown right out of socket it's so. crazy yeah, yeah i remember you telling about the uh the pillow story where, like <laughs> right ripped the pillow at you and just your arm just <laughs> you know, one time i was just laying down like this and i got up and just, <laughs> just from gravity from laying down nothing was touching me i just eh. <laughs> and it, it just continued for years. <laughs> That's terrible. That was a movie, right? Where guy just like kept he kept losing his arms. I remember something like that. Where is it a zombie movie? Is, I don't know. It was some eighty. <laughs> maybe it was Beetlejuice or something. Where like, it was probably Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's so good See, though. Has that healed up? Yeah. Okay. It just I'm still really nervous about that motion, yeah. but I haven't felt that twinge in the, over a decade, mm. so should be okay, probably. Okay, I mean, about 20 years, you'll be able to get a cyborg mm. shoulder replacement. Mm. Yeah, a new one. Yeah, like yeah. a little cannon on it or something. Yeah, yeah Frankie stuff. I mean, I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to I think uh, I'm going to probably, when I get a chance, just replace everything. Because <laughs> everything just kind of hurts nowadays. Yeah, I mean, we're at the age where, like, everything uh, just starting to mm-hmm. kind of start to go. I will tell you this, though. Like, having a kid uh, is a, it's a nice workout. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get, like, 18-pound dumbbell, essentially, yeah. I'm carrying around. You know, I get yeah. some reps mm-hmm. in, throw away, get some uh, <laughs> running around, get some cardio, chasing yep. her. Get low, get your knees. Get your knees yeah, I, I definitely um, I am way more flexible in these last eight months than I've been in decades. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that, like, yeah, because I'm six, I'm six foot, mm-hmm. and she's two feet tall. Yeah, so like, yeah. Anything, I'm building over Stoop four, down. three and a half feet, four feet just to pick her up, <laughs> capture this kid. What you doing, kid? Yeah, that keeps you. That keeps you young. Kids keep you young. That's uh, 
one thing old people told me that I never really understood till recently. Yeah, and toys are kids. Mm. Toys are kids. Toys are more fun than um. And I remember. Oh, another weird thing: dog toys and kid toys very similar. They both get confused, and that's always hilarious too. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just light up, bright colors. They make noise. Mm-hmm. So like. A lot of saliva. A lot of saliva on everything. <laughs> so we um leading up to like before Emma was more, we had you know, we had a bunch of toys and stuff. We had the baby shower and everything. So we had stuff in the room and we leave the door open because we wanted um Piper to get acclimated to like, you know, just the stuff being in there and blah 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 blah. But she would just debo's toys sometimes. We just go in there and we like because Sophie was like particular because like everything had to be in this place, like when she was starting off, you know, putting everything together. Mm. And like she was just like, Where is this toy at? And we just go in the couch and Piper just sit there. Nom, 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 nom. And I'm like, Pipe, that's not yours. Like, we got like 40 other toys over here. Mm-hmm. But then, flip the script. Like, two weeks ago, Piper has this, like, long, like, uh, green rolly thing, pin. Like, it's like a rolling pin. I remember like, that. Holes in it. Yeah. I come around the corner one day in the kitchen, and I just got Emma just has it in her hand, just waving it around. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't even be mad at you. Because, like, I really can't tell, the, you can't really tell the difference between the two toys. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. But it's like, and then Piper's looking at it's like, how the hell am I supposed to know the difference? Like, she can play with that, but I can't play with this. And I'm like, Pipe, I'm sorry. I yeah. don't know yeah. what you want me to do. Like, yeah. I just. Yeah. <sighs> can't do nothing about that. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that was an interesting thing in itself, too, because everyone's talking like, oh, you got a dog. Like, I don't know how the dog's going to work with the baby, blah, 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 blah. But I was like. They go hand in hand. Like, what? <laughs> that was, was a bunch of people. It was a bunch of, a lot of, um, it was interesting, though. So, like, uh, in my head, I kind of said, like, tabs and stuff, like, what people were talking about like uh so like everyone from like the older generation mm-hmm. there it was always they were m- most of the people that said i would have a boy mm-hmm. those were most of the people that said like you know about the dog and those were the people that had like mm-hmm. uh and it was just interesting because it's like i understand why how old wives tales and like how these things get passed down now because it's just like mm-hmm. and it's like you know you, you you know how they get passed down but it was just, it was just interesting to be like in the middle of it because it's like when you have a kid it's like everyone wants to yeah, yeah. Give you their give you their two cents, and yeah. it's like you know I'm like I listen because it's like what do I got to lose? Like you're telling me something, either I heard it before, or you might give me something new. So like why not? And it's like I felt like everyone was coming from a pace of like concern or care, you know. So it's like yeah, whatever. So it was it was just interesting because it's like I found valuable, I found more valuable information than like from parents that were like uh, slightly older than us, mm-hmm. like people that had like kids like when we like. um Probably like ten years ago, so like I found a lot of more valuable information from them. They got that new tech. Yeah, yeah. but it was even more so like uh, just a different like mind. It was just, just like a different mindset because it was yeah. like like obviously me, Sophie and I have this uh, a newer a mindset where it's like you know we want her to. I don't want to say like police herself, but we're giving her like the freedom to like kind of do her own thing. Yeah, and we're just going to be like guiding hands, kind of like. And it's just the parents I was talking to earlier were like more or less like, yeah, kind of the same thing. They were a little bit more strict mm-hmm. about it, but like the same philosophy. So it's just like interesting to me, like the, the the philosophies are getting like less and less strict. But I feel like the kids are getting more and more uh, intelligent because it's because I had a. Uh, and the reason I say that is when I was working at um, when I was working at Olga's like a couple a couple years ago. It was a lot of, it's a place where like a lot of teenagers work, just a lot of kids work in general. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, just, just my manager there. So I'm like, I got to talk to him, see what they're doing. And yeah. it's like, the things that they were saying were conversations that we didn't have until yeah. we were like 25. Exactly. And it's crazy to me because yeah. it's like, you hear all these things about like, uh, 
you're supposed to be, um, not supposed to be, but like, uh, kids are dumb. Like these, these new generation of kids are dumb. These new generation of kids are dumb. And it's just like, nah. And like thinking about it, so like, yeah, of course, like when we were kids, we did dumb shit too, but I don't even think we were dumb kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, grand it's scheme a, thing. It's a different kind of dumb. Yeah. 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 It's a yeah. different, it is a different kind of dumb, but I, it's like, um, I like the way it's going, so to speak. Overall, yeah. Outside of the uh, societal stuff that keeps us away from other humans, outside of that <laughs> stuff, I think you're right. Because mm-hmm. our nieces and nephews that came of age, they're all like 18 and uh, 18 and up now. Um, and then um, I, I got a chance to work with kids in my last job. And uh, we're all grown there. And these kids came in. They were like 16 years old into into the office. It was an office environment. And they were, they were effing brilliant. They were like future... The future of the world is in great hands. You know, they had, yeah, I agree. they were, they were dumb in whole different ways, but they were smart <laughs> in a wide variety of ways. And I just knew like that they, they, they're, they're really good. They're really, they're way smarter than I was at even 10 years older than them. They were like way more smart, yeah, way more I feel the same thing. Yeah. than I was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, <clears throat> like when we were talking the other day, like just having that mindset to just be able, like, go out and just go out and do it. I feel like that's one of the positive aspects from, um, from social media and like yeah. the, the, the way tech is going, like it gives you that, like, uh, why not just go ahead and do it? Yeah. And like, I appreciate that a lot more because it's like, it, it, it skews people to be less scared and like, just, just try it. Like, and if you don't do it, like whatever, I mean, of course the other dark side of that is like the, you know, the wanting the likes and like the validation and all that stuff. But it's like, I feel like if we focus on, but it's like a statistic, right? You can make it say whatever you want to. You can make it look super positive. You can make it look super negative. But I think the kids, like, I mean, they got a good grasp on, you know, the things that are going. Plus, I mean, like a lot of the big pushes of like what we're getting done is, uh, you know, for the kids. And it's like, realistically, it's like, they're going to be grownups and they're going to take over anyway. So it's like, why not yeah. spend the time coaching and teaching them these Things they would need to cultivate that intelligence, so that you know we can go somewhere, or yeah. they can do do more in the future. Yeah, and they're like way more. They're intelligent in ways like I couldn't even fathom. Like in terms of like like sexual literacy, um, very yeah. Very, they know they know. I think the kids nowadays, by the time they hit like early twenties, I think they're way more um, liberated in terms of like you know because you got so much nowadays. Than even me now, they're so more, much more knowledgeable. So I don't know where they get that from. I don't know if it's through social media or what have you, but I'm super I think, impressed. I think it is from us. Cause like when I, I actually thought about this other day and I swear they like the, the tiniest amount of research. Like I read like two articles, mm-hmm. but it was talking about like sexuality throughout the ages and like how, you know, like we're, we're encroach, encroaching on a time that's similar to like the, with the Greeks and all that, where they kind of just like, kind of did their own thing. Like you kind of do, you know, you go with the flow. Like today you want to talk to some dudes, you want to talk to some girls tomorrow, like kind of just live your, live your best life type deal. And it's like, I feel like over what it, what it was saying is like over the centuries or whatever, it just got oppressed, 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 oppressed. But then now we're in a point where now, like, you know, especially in America, you know, like a lot of first world countries where it's like, you know, you, of course, you don't always have your people that you know, always have your hating ass people. But for the most part, like everyone's adopting these things like be happy. Like yep. you want to talk yeah. to a dude on Monday and a chick on Wednesday and yep. a trans person on Thursday, live your life, bro. Don't nobody yeah. care. Like just do you have a, have some fun with it. Like enjoy life. And I think that's going back to what you said about like that liberation. It's like, I feel like that's too. Like as someone like 
as a straight male, like I couldn't imagine like being like bi or or yeah. gay and like just being like oppressed, 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 oppressed. Like you can't yeah. kiss your boyfriend in public, you can't kiss your partner in public, you can't interact with them or can't do all these things. And like now we're reaching a point where it's like, of course, those people still gonna say what they want to say, but like yeah. for the most part, like you know, you can do that. You can just be who you are and be with who you are and like you know just yeah. live that. And I can't, I can't imagine the freedom that feels for like somebody like you know, let's say someone has been. You know, that's 40, 50 years old, you know, that's been that's been gay for, you know, their entire life. It's like now you can exist and just exist and not have to worry about like, you know, for the most part, you know, not have to worry about like criticism and stuff. And you can help and like, you can foster the next generation or whatever, because I saw um, I saw a beautiful video on Instagram a while ago and it was like uh, it was a little boy and he was trying to come to terms with sexuality. He just really liked wearing dresses. So he ended up finding this. um this place where just like a, it was, a, I think it was an old folks home and it was just like a bunch of old gay dudes there. So they all had dresses and like the kid would go there and like volunteer and help out or whatever. And then one day he went there, they just all had on dresses and they gave the little, they gave the little boy a dress and he was just wearing a dress and talking to him. And I'm like, the fact that that kid can do that and those, that those men are able to do that for him is like, that's going to change his whole perspective. Cause like, you know, 50, 60 years ago, that kid would probably got beaten to death. You know what I mean? And then on the other side of that too, is like the fact that those men are able to do that now and like give that, what they couldn't do to give that to the next generation. I feel like no matter what walk of life you in, that should be the thing, you know, like whatever you have, you know, whatever, whatever value or whatever you, your, your, pur- you think your purpose is in the world to give that to the next generation, to cultivate that, to keep it going. And it's like, why not just, why not just keep doing it? Like why just keep infringing on someone else's shit for that? When realistically you could just like, just let them be. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm impressed about with the younger generation. Um, the stuff they do is very effortless. It's not like a you know, it's not even something that needs applause or nothing like that. It's just right. It's just you know, for, to steal a term they use now, fluid. Everything is so you know, so they just do things that they want to do, and it they don't, there's no they don't have to question. Nobody questions it. It's just it's just mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, I think a lot of that we can thank social media subculture for. Because in the in the old days, there was no way for anyone outside of the social norm to really safely express themselves. Because right, right. um, the the media was controlled by groups with you know certain beliefs, so you don't get any representation there unless it's the representation they want you they they want your subculture to be seen as, like um. Back in the 90s and the 80s and stuff, they uh, popular media was fine with portraying uh, gay people, but they all, always had a set trope to portray them as. And nowadays with uh, uh, social media and the internet culture, you can portray yourself. You can express yourself however you want without having to go through anyone else or get anyone else's uh, opinion. And it, it empowers uh, groups that are traditionally marginalized, like the uh, LGBTQ community, and with that empowerment comes just a whole new era of people just being able to be free with their right. beliefs. Yeah, it is, and it's just like find, like just finding people. You know what I mean? Like even because I remember like early example, like Xbox Live, right? That was oh probably boy. like the, the beginning mm. of like the social media stuff. It's like, going there, I huh? found some, uh, <laughs> I found some good friends on there just from like, just, just meeting people. Like, you know, of course, got the dark, the dark days on Call of Duty and stuff, mm, but it's like, dark. 
Dark, real dark. Uh, yeah, I remember playing with Sylvie. We were playing some game. I think it was Shadowrun. We just went into a lobby and we were just getting just dogged out. Just, yeah. just all the worst words you could ever say to people. And uh, I my response to that is, who won the match, though? <laughs> okay, yeah. Who won that match, we, though? We did win the match. But, um, yeah, that stuff was just, it was accepted back then. And to be honest, I've been playing some Warzone, and <laughs> it still happens. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that just nothing else. That's it. Yeah. Full stop. It yeah, just, just that, happens. Either that or is that a girl? Oh, oh man. So, uh, <laughs> funny story you say that, because uh, me and uh, back in a couple years ago, when my, my center first came out, Mike and I were playing with one of his friends. Um, she's a girl. And, like, it was me, Brian. Mike and her playing, and we just playing in the party, and we just have a normal conversation. And about thirty minutes into it, she was just like, "Thank you." And we're just like, "What? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about?" She was like, "You guys just, we just, we're just playing a match. We're just playing a game and just having a normal conversation." She's like, "You know how often?" She's like, "You know how often this happens to me?" And I was just like, "And like, and my, me being me, I'm just like, what are you, what are you even talking about?" And she's like, "The fact that I'm a girl is like the fact that you guys just didn't even acknowledge that y'all just said my name." And just continue to play, and we just been talking tactics about the game, or whatever. She was like, "That in itself is a beautiful, beautiful thing." She was like, "I never." She was like, "I never didn't think I would want not want to be acknowledged as a woman so badly." You guys hear that? You guys, girl, girl. She even breathes different. Girl. Oh my god, that's so creepy. Girl. So, but okay. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, so and it's just like, it's Every just like, time. bro. I'm like, dude, y'all down bad. That's one of the reasons I never got into online gaming because it's just like I like playing games. I don't want to do it around other shitty people. Like, I just, I just. Yeah, it's real. It's real hard playing with randos. I probably found like. Maybe ten randos in my entire gaming career that are actually like been cool people, and you would never find those people ever. Again. I did too, but it was on silent. It was on mute, and um, <laughs> they duped me weapons in Borderlands that I traded to you. That oh yeah, those broke. Oh, yeah, corrupted yeah. your game. Yeah. Oh, so they like gave you STD. They did. So they were shitty too, but those I mean, STDs you willingly walked into it though. So I mean, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh man, they were. Is that one of those words? Dang, should have thought of that before I said it. Ah, transit. <clears throat> anyway, <Snip. laughs> <laughs> all right. So I mean, I stemmed off my our dreams, but I wanted to ask you, uh, metaphysically, what do what do dreams mean to you? Like, like so, if you have a dream, like a regular dream, like how important do you take? Like, how serious do you take it? Do you take it for jokes, or do you like, uh, you know, this how you? What's your take? I've. Uh... I think mostly it's just mind garbage that happens at the end of the day because your brain's cleaning out all the crud that it accumulated. But I do think that um, while you're dreaming, your brain is you, I guess, you are still thinking and feeling and um, it's uh, you're expressing it to yourself and you're not you're not lucid enough. To really put it into meaningful words, but you can put it into meaningful feelings. Like, for instance, uh, after my brother passed away, I had only, not only one dream, but I had one dream about him, right? And in the dream, I was at the steps at the church where his funeral was. And he was inside the church, you know, in his casket, 
but he was also outside and he was waiting for a car ride with his friends. And I knew that I couldn't go with him on that car ride because as a kid, I used to tag around my brother a lot, but uh, I knew I couldn't go with him this time, but uh, I knew I'd see him again. And he told me that. And he went into the car and he drove away. And the uh, the sim the symbolism was pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was beautiful. That is a beautiful dream. That is a beautiful one. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Man, so many, so many good times with that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So when we fun. started, um, we started talking about this. Um, he popped up actually, and I thought about it, and I was just like. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time that his his death actually it did affect me. Like it, exactly. I didn't want to say like it didn't like I it always affected me. Like I knew that because like you know our relationship how close we were and like you know me and Ro were pretty cool too. But it was like um, I didn't realize how hard it hit me until I was thinking about it the other day. And this is like mm-hmm. me. I always 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 craved a brother. Craved and I craved a big brother like specifically. Like that's just something like I always. Um, I always wanted. And it's like, me and you guys, you know, like, obviously they gave me that, that brother, that brother void was kind of, you know, it was filled. It was, it was filled. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Roy had this, this, this chaotic energy, <laughs> that big brother energy. And it was just like, it was just like, I, I guess playing a game and he was just that boss. You knew you were never going to beat. You can, yeah. you can always do better every time you beat, you fought against them, yeah. but you can never beat them. And it's like, I didn't realize how much I actually, appreciated that that feeling of having someone like that mm-hmm. until like the other day when I was I was thinking about because like I I missed them and I was just like I don't know I just couldn't put it into terms because I was like you know I didn't know Roy for like a long period of time right. it was a he definitely made an impression on my big life. impression big impression huge impression for a short period of time and I was just trying to figure it out and I was like I, he just he felt that big brother boy like yeah I played him in video games and he just he beat me mercilessly yeah and it's like mm-hmm. when I finally when I got better at video games I beat him once, and he continued to beat me mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like because he beat you up here too. Yeah, yeah it was the, like, shit, it was, the shit yeah. talking a lot. But then, it's, but then it's the other time too. Is like he would he he did he still was a big brother, right? So like yeah. he would randomly like give us food or drinks or whatever. Like he would look out for us when we was out late. He would tell us, you know, what the deal was about the neighborhood and that sort of yeah. Thing. The, the, the yeah. places to the places to avoid, places we could go, places yeah. we can get in trouble safely, yeah. places to avoid and whatever. And it's just like, and, and it was like, yeah, man, that was a. Uh, he was definitely the den brother, for mm-hmm. sure. Kind-hearted bully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what the fuck. He will beat you to almost your breaking point. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I had brothers. Uh, with me and my older siblings, there was always a wall of separation because uh, they were my closest one before aunt was always eight years older than me. So the rest of them, the oldest, 14 years older than me. So I always kind of looked mm-hmm. up to them as, like, legendary. They were always, like, the coolest motherfuckers ever. So, um, when I met Roy, it was the same sort of thing. Like he just was this legendary figure, like, just like Mark, like I didn't know him for long, but, um, very quickly, you know, in my mind built up this huge, <laughs> yeah, he can break the ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the first ice. thing he said was something rude as heck. Like, yeah. He probably, he <laughs> oh no. He said, who the fuck are you? Oh, why the fuck are you here? Yeah, something like we, that. We're at your dad's house and yeah. we're all playing street fighter. I'm sure the first thing he would do was compare you to whatever celebrity you. He probably did compare me to Pharrell. Yeah, 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 Pharrell, Carlton. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Straight he had up. a name for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Starts off, he doesn't even, he doesn't even try to make a good impression. Nah, Not at all. Nah. Not at all. It's, because <clears throat> I remember one of the times he called me by my actual name and I was like, I don't even think I responded. Because it was just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you, huh? Yeah, congrats. Did you, I, I was did you make never, a mistake? I was never caught by my name. <laughs> he may have never. He may have Once never he, known. He probably didn't know. <laughs> but um, no, he left. He left such an impression that um, years and years ago, I, I made a character based off of him uh, in my penultimate book, Hell Warriors. It's, it's um, well, he's a fallen angel, <laughs> but yeah, he trains one of the main characters so it's a big spoiler but yeah that character exists yeah, yeah. Where, where it also does exist in destruction as well yeah yeah and i don't know why um shit what was the what was the what was the question dreams, dreams. Metaphysically. metaphysically metaphysically what do they mean to you metaphysically you, like what, to you individually what, what is your mean? definition of dreams what is okay so for me metaphysical shit is weird because uh for the longest i was um agnostic uh, uh, you know, from about 14 until maybe two years ago, two, three years ago, I was agnostic. But now I'm kind of metaphysical stuff, you know, the un- unexplainable stuff. I'm more open to it nowadays. Let me look up agnostic real quick. Oh, it's, it's almost like atheist, but like you're more open to, you know, stuff. I, I don't completely not believe there's a guy, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe anything till I see it. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, fair so I'm like, I'm like, X Files character, you know. If I see crazy aliens in the street, hey. I no, I, I, I feel that because I'm in the I'm in the belief that I don't necessarily believe in like the the Bible guy, but I, I mean I believe that something put us Something's here. Something's there. Something's there. Something put us Something's here. There, like yeah. you know, we exist for a reason. Type deal. Blah blah blah. Like all that down that type of road. Yeah, I think there's something there that science just hasn't been able to explain yet. Um, I think there's a lot of something there that science hasn't been able to explain that I don't think. Even with the answers we've been given so far, I don't think any of that's adequate to really explain it. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I just need more proof. Um, either way it goes. But um, all that to say, uh, when it comes to dreams, I'm right there with Ryan. It's all, you know, um, subconscious are repressed. It's almost like a computer. Like you have so many tabs running um, that your mind is still dealing with stuff in the background that you aren't, you know, if you control or delete, you can kind of see some of the stuff that's going on, all these tasks that you aren't, you know. Um, but I think your dreams are your way of kind of, um, managing all that. And eventually you'll get a garbled, weird imagery (laughs) based on all that regret and hurt, depression, happiness, um, all that stuff you felt throughout the day. It'll come, it'll come to you as like principal freaking, uh, matriculation. You'll get a (laughs) dream based on one of your weird or even an amalgamation of like all that stuff. You know, it'll be a coworker mixed with like a bully from the past, mixed with like, you know, president, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So with me, like, for instance, the earlier dream I had uh, with the that, that could that means something that means like maybe I fear lack of control, uh, something like that. So that's kind of what I told. Uh, I think my nephew was asking me about his dream the other day. Um, and I just told him, I was like, there's a message there somewhere if you're patient enough. Um, just kind of try to figure it out. Um, try to write it down right after you're done dreaming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause that's what my brother did. He had a weird, funky dream. 
he wake up, you know, horror movie style and record it on a tape recorder and then listen back to it. Yeah. That's the only way you can get it fast enough, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because if I dream nowadays, I certainly don't remember by the time I think about it. Mine's are kind of sporadic. It's like, say, one out of five, one out of six that I can, like, recall or whatever. Mm. And I've only been able to continue a dream once. Mm. Mm. Understandable. This is lucky, okay? Because I I did it once too. Yeah, and I think I literally just willed that, like literally just willed it into yeah, existence. Wanted to see the end so much that you're like, I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm gonna dream about this. God damn it! Mm-hmm. I've had some miniseries going in my dreams. That's what my past. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I definitely had like yeah, I definitely had some. I don't want to call them continuations. It's more or less like blips of a movie. Yeah. Like you know, I got know it's a part of the same movie, mm-hmm. but I just don't know where where it is and where how it correlates type deal. Yeah, a lot of my shit was like same shit, different day, mm-hmm. same sort of problem. Most of my dreams are like not quite regrets, but they're like subconscious messages to myself that hey, you got some shit that you should really be doing right now. Like mm-hmm. I. I go to sleep and I dream about being in high school and not having done my homework. Mm. I'm like, oh I shit. Know what that means. Oh shit, I haven't done my homework. I've been spending all this time watching cat videos and stuff and I'd look at my homework and my homework would be some programming that I didn't even have in high school. <laughs> it's like some video game production shit. Like, wait a minute. I'd wake up and I'd feel like, oh shit. Even I'm telling myself I need to get my ass in gear. <laughs> and I feel really guilty and I'd go start working. Yeah. You'd be like that with me like that. Yeah. I remember uh on the east side, uh you guys you guys remember the east side. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were memories, huh? <laughs> they were memories for sure. So on the east side I experienced the scariest dream I ever had because um it bled into real life. And uh it was a dream I was asleep. And uh, my my room was like right off of the. It was like street sidewalk. My room window bed. So uh, this one night, um, I had a dream that uh, a fire fire uh, fire truck was coming careening right into my bedroom window, and uh, was about to take me out. So my heart just, just <laughs> jumped out, jumped out of my chest, and I literally jumped out of the bed, did a barrel roll. And looked back at the window. There was a fire truck outside. Um, just was, driving by? Just driving by, yeah. Oh, just driving by. My I dream was shit bricks. It was so vivid because it felt like I was right there in real life. And that truck was coming right into my room. And I just instinctively like leapt out the bed and just was like, whoa. And I still <laughs> felt that fear when I woke up. Like it was still, my heart was going like a mile a minute. And that was legit the scariest dream I've ever had because it's just so damn real. <laughs> Does that yeah. count? Because I remember, I can't remember what it was, but uh, it was like some scene in a movie where someone asked someone what the scariest thing they thought was, and they told them being exploded by a bomb. And the person was like, wait a minute, that's not the kind of scary I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, isn't being blown up scary? It was like, well, yeah, yeah <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, is it scary, though? Because, yeah, I mean, like, if you're getting blown up, I mean, like, it's kind of over and done with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the fire truck, it was scary because that was that was kind of actually a fear I already had because my window was literally right off the street and it was mm-hmm. all sorts of 
reckless yeah. drivers <laughs> all on the street. And uh, I always just, I always kind of, because in my head, I always thought like, if that happened, what would I do? And I guess maybe that's how my body like responded to it. Cause it was like, you know, it had a pre-ready yeah. response. Cause I, it was something mm-hmm. I always thought about. It didn't just happen one night, but not really. <laughs> but <laughs> close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, mm. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was terrified. I, <laughs> I'm more terrified of that than like a horror movie because no, more real. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You know the only horror movie that actually like literally scared me, mm. like as in a, um a preteen or whatever. Because when I was little, Chucky scared the dog shit out of me. But like growing mm. up, like that it faced away. But uh, mm. the ring, the oh, ring yeah. had a a gr- the, the ring. No, I take the lie back. It was the ring and the grudge. Those two had a grip on me that I, I just couldn't couldn't shake mm. okay. for a long time. I mean, it doesn't matter. It could care less now, but like, yeah, the, yeah, the grudge and the the ring, they, those two, they just yeah, they had a twisted hold on me for a long <laughs> time, man. Yeah, I've never been more scared than when I saw the ring at the movie theaters. That was incredible. Hmm. Yeah, that, that that put the fear in me. And you know, okay, actually, no the thing that was scarier than the ring. Was Final Destination one? I saw that at the theaters too. Mm. That's a different type of fear, though. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like the one you said. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly, yeah. suddenly, primal death fear. Just suddenly, you get smashed by a a sign or yeah. ran over by a truck. It's, That's what I mean. Like it's a fear that in that moment, not a big deal, but with the rest of your whole life, <laughs> you will yeah. never drive behind a truck with logs. Ever. Oh, oh I still yeah. I still I get it. Still, I still move away from as quick as I can. Anything with like loose just binded by cables. I generational trauma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I won't do it. Not at all. Everyone. Everyone I know. Everyone I know who saw that movie. Even my mom, when we're behind a, a big truck with logs, you know, and I start going pile up, pile up. Pile <laughs> oh no. Up. Oh no! She laughs, and everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone who knows knows. knows. Yeah, it's yeah. funny though, because it's like, what's? The, I wonder what the. Well, I guess the this next generation got enough generational. They got enough generational peers. I mean, we still show them the stuff we came up on, so they know about the final destination. Yeah, but I feel like you, once you watch the ones after that, the fear of the first one kind of fades because like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just become wackier and wacky. Well, the second, mm-hmm. I would say the second one's still pretty solid, but after that, they just become like, just like the Saw movies. They just get. Yeah, they were kind of background because I was, I was dating a chick, um, a couple years back. You know, she was showing me one of the later ones. And, um, I mean, the kills were still just as good. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was, mm-hmm. it didn't really, I was just kind of doing it. Here just and a there. gore circus now. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, you know, you get the, you feel the fear. You get the one, you get the one and done. You might be able to squeak a second sequel out, but it's like after a while, it's like, yeah, you know. We already know the trick. We've seen the, we've seen everything up your sleeves already. So it's like you gotta just let it go. Yeah, that's why after a while it becomes like um just a spectacle. Those horror mm-hmm. movies, it's yeah. just a yearly spectacle. Um, the first two in horror movies are usually the suspenseful ones with plot and all that, and the later ones. Just, yeah, that's why I usually stay away from my boy Justin. Though he's like super, super big in the horror movie. That's like his thing. So he's always giving me like random ones to watch. Yeah. And I guess uh, Black Phone that came out like a couple months ago. It's like one of the newer ones. He said that one was really. Mm. really good i got mm. back into them like around 2016 2017 because before that i didn't want to watch like saw or anything like that yeah but. did you watch cabin in the woods which one was that that was I, one I don't with, think uh, I saw thor that. before thor before he was famous yeah man no i never well that one was cool because it was supposed to be like uh Ooh. 
You should watch that. Yeah, I want to. It's really cool to but, watch it blind. Yeah, well, it yeah, is. It is. It is. It's. It's. Uh, yeah, the spoilers for that one kind of the spoilers kind of ruin everything, but okay. it's definitely it's definitely worth it. That was a really cool change on the whole genre. Yes, you know? like a, it was refreshing. It's a deconstruction. Let's put it that way. Those I love. It's a deconstruction. Yeah, yeah I like those. That's actually got, got I actually got that's how I got recommended it because the guy that I recommended to me like it was weird because he was one of those guys I worked with but he only worked I only worked with like two or three weeks but like, he was a big horror buff big like I was a big movie buff in general but horror was like his thing mm. and he was he would just rave about that like because it was when I worked with him it was like right when it came out on right when it came out on DVD mm. so he just got it he was talking about, like hey I just watched it again he was like it's great you know I watched the special feature and whatever he's like you should really check it out yeah. I was like oh, I don't really horror movies aren't really my thing like yeah. I don't really they don't really do anything for me he was I like but this one's he was like this one's different yeah. he was like I'm a, a super fanboy horror movie so like just check it out and I was like alright whatever mm. he was right I mean I didn't watch it till years later because I had a separate friend who's a super he's a big movie buff and like Cabin in the Woods is just one of the movies that he like just highlights is like a, just a great like one of his favorite movies of all time in general so when he said that i was like all right i'm like two separate people a decade apart are telling me like the exact mm-hmm. same thing i was like yeah. it's got to be a reason right yeah. gotcha. so i gave it a shot definitely working it's like an hour and a half so it's not a super long movie either yeah yeah i'll yeah. check it out yeah i'm not a huge fan of like the horror tropes but um whenever they do them well without it seeming you know because my thing with horror is it's typically really predictable, so that's why, I, and it doesn't scare me. So it's like it, it almost mm-hmm. feels like no reason to watch it if the story isn't really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, a couple of them have surprised me, um, so I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while for me. I I haven't watched a lot of horror in recent years. Like, uh, hey, I think Annabelle may have been the last horror movie I saw. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah, my boy, my boy Justin, he's he's big and he loves that the Conjuring anime yeah, yeah. like that whole little back multiverse yeah. type deal. Those in um the <laughs> don't don't what was it called? Don't was it don't breathe? Don't, don't breathe. Don't breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was good until the, the thing happened. Until the thing happened. Come on, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good. Come on, sorry, no, no. Mm, no I was turkey o- here. I was okay with that too. It was just a different type of horror, but it was just sick. Mm, and was, everybody else hated it, but yeah, I didn't like it, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. I, yeah, I just just considered it not having to have happened. So I just <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. Is like you're already in like this psychological like state or whatever, and it's yeah. just like, but why though? So, <laughs> you know what I mean, so, like, why go there? So my the way I look at it is like, okay, mm-hmm. horror has di- there's different types of horror. Yeah. So it was it was firmly it was firmly set in one type of horror, which we all signed up for. <laughs> yes. We all signed up for Daredevil Punisher. Exactly. Yeah. Daredevil <laughs> Punisher killing everybody. That's what we signed up for. But then they twisted it into um sexual horror at the very end of it. Yeah. yeah so and that was like, yeah, that's what made it uh, weird. Cause now you feel in a different uh, type of way about the guys. Like, okay. Yeah, because I mean, I think to me, sexual horror is like the 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 low hanging fruit, like the worst of the worst of the horror. Cause like I personally like the I like the psychological. Give me the build up. Like I'm, jump scares, ass. Cause there's no rewatching it. Like I want the build up. Like mm. the ambiance. The like yeah. doors creaking. Like windows rattling. Like Ooh. the breathing. Like the the skin. Like, the making your skin crawl. Like those the, the little things. The little details that add up. Like so I like. I tend to like more suspense movies more so than horror movies because I feel like they do Same. horror better. Oh, yeah, horror is typically just like for me. Yeah, the, yeah. the reason I don't like horror is the gore is just gore and predictable tropes. That's what I don't like about the horror. Yeah, I, I like suspense movies because you can do so much with so little. Yeah, like uh, there was this suspense movie called Red Eye. 
I don't know if you, have you guys ever saw it. I don't think I saw that. Mm-hmm. It uh, starts off with just a woman on a plane next to a charming Spoiler guy. Spoiler alert. And uh, they're just on a plane ride, and like three-fourths of the movie is just her and that guy talking when you find out that that guy has actually been uh, been targeting her for a particular reason. And they're on that plane for just so long, but it's terrifying when the whole movie takes place with the two characters less than a foot away from each other. And that guy proves himself to be horribly dangerous. And it, it was very suspenseful. And I didn't expect it to be a good movie, but it, it had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I, and I feel like, and that's what you say, doing a lot with a little. Like you said, two characters. Like most suspense movies, like suspense movies, like it's like five characters max, mm-hmm. and it's just like the stuff that they're doing, like the psychological build of that. Mm-hmm. Because like, did you guys see Ex Machina? I want to see. I I started, but I didn't finish it. Ex Machina is probably one of my favorite movies in, in recent history. So the the oh, spoiler, the older the overall plot of it is like, if you give the guy makes an AI. He makes it look like a robot, like clearly looks like a robot. You can see the back, the back of her hair. You can see all the wiring and stuff. And he gets this guy and he tells the guy that she's an AI. And that whole point of it is like, she's going to make you think that she's human by the end of it. Yeah. And that's the movie. That's the whole point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's just like, it's very, very character driven. So like as the movie, as the movie unfolds, you find out like different characters, different motives, like why he agreed to be here, why he was chosen to be here. Like you find out all these other things because of like the characters interaction with each other. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like the guy that, the guy that built the AI, the AI and the main character. And yeah. that's it. And yeah. that's the whole movie. And it's like yeah, I dig it. intense because it's like, cause you, you already go into it. Like you, so you go into it knowing the twist, but knowing the twist, is almost worse than not knowing the twist. Uh, you know the twist. Now you got to resist it. Yeah, but it's like, and it's one of the things, like, if you already have the answer, like, is finding the way to get to the answer, like, do you need that? Or do you just walk away from it? And that's the whole, like, that's like the whole, like, concept of the movie. And it's like, it's so good because, like, even knowing the twist, it's still so many twists, like, in the story and, like, the build up and everything that it's like, mm-hmm. By far, like one of my like favorite movies in like recent history, and like the the person that did it also worked on like Annihilation, which is another like great suspense movie. Mm. That was the one with the field, that strange dimensional field that they yeah they went into. I can't remember exactly what the yeah. story was, but I didn't spoil it, so I can actually watch that movie. Yeah. So, oh, I anomaly happens in the world. They pick scientists from each field, like. Chemists, bio- biologists, engineers, like people, because like they don't, they don't know what's going on. So they're like, we need experts and everything to go in there, and someone's gonna be able to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And again, the character that's a very, very her- uh, heavily character. So you put four people that don't know each other, and you send them on a death mission. Great, and just yeah, watch like what happens. That. Yeah, I think. Yeah, those those two, I highly, highly, highly recommend those movies because they're uh, one they're written. Beautifully, toed acting, phenomenal ambiance, music, like everything to like really like get lost in the sauce. Those movies do it beautifully, mm, hands down. Yep, that's yeah, suspense better than horror. I think yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, I like that, I like that, that tension, that build up because it's like, yeah, yeah, I saw you, yeah, yeah, you cut that guy in half, yeah, that's cool, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I'm so desensitized, desensitized to it, nah, yeah, it's like that's yeah. why like, the psychological build up because it's like 
you could play on you can play on so many things with with that, especially with the way C, how CG is and like what we can do with that now too. It's like yeah. too good because that's where good. the fear actually is not in the like the the killing itself. It's like in the you know the reasons, the motivations, all that sort of stuff. That's the good stuff. Yeah, that's the good stuff. That's the give yeah. me the that's the that's the stuff I want. And I found this super super random movie on Netflix. I don't know what it's called. But it's, uh, I'm about to spoil the hell out of the entire movie, so sorry, guys. Um, nope, I'm about to spoil all of it. Um, so the whole point is like this chick, right? So you see this 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 chick is at the beginning of the movie, and she's in front of this house, and the house is burning down, and like that's all you that's all you get for a chunk of the movie. So like she has this this dream, this reoccurring dream, and like as the movie goes on, you see more and more of like how the fire started, who did it, what happened afterward, blah 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 blah. And after that, the woman goes into like this mental facility and um, it's just it's a, a mental facility for all women. And it's like six or seven women in there. And like, you know, they just it, it goes like a normal. Um, it's like dated. It's like the day to day in a psych ward. You know, mm-hmm. they talk to each other, they eat, they eat together. And like you kind of you unravel like what's going on, what's going on. And you start to find like a darker history, like what's going on in the um, thing. And the coolest part is the twist. And I'm going to tell you. Because I can't remember the name of the movie anyway, so like, you can't tell you to watch it. But the fact is, like, you find out that, like, you're in her head the entire time. Mm. And, like, the psych ward, she's in the psych ward from burning down that house. And they're trying to help her because she has multiple, she's schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder. Mm. And so, like, it's cool to, like, while you're watching the movie, because you find, you, as you meet these different women and find out different traits, it's like, something's connecting them and, like, like, Girl A and girl B have something similar. Then girl B and girl D will have something. But then girl C and girl A will have something. Kind of like, why the hell do these all these women have something common? But you're like, you know, whatever. They're all in the psych ward. They probably went here for like one way or another. But after you find out, like, it's all her and all these things that all these people did were all her, and it's just like, oh shit. And like, I went to rewatch it, and it's like, it's no, it's not really any that many signs about. It's not that many signs about. Uh, I get rewatching it. It's not like any like a like certain movies where you can rewatch it and like figure out the trick. Mm. It's it's done really well, so like you don't you just wouldn't know the trick until you know the trick. Mm. And it was it was really interesting and I can I never I tried to find a movie again and I can never find it. So I just doubt it's on Netflix again, but I don't know the name. Mm. Might know the name, let me know. <laughs> I will like to watch it again. It was a good movie. If you guys want a really good horror, um I was thinking about this as y'all were talking about suspense versus horror. Um watch uh, Sweet Home. It's episodic. It's about uh, I think it's about eight or nine episodes, and it's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of killing in it, a lot of gore, um, but it's all meaningful. Like it all hits hard because you get emotionally invested in each of the characters that gets killed off. So when it, when it comes to good horror, you really have to make. I think that's the distinction. Like when I what I don't like about horror is characters I don't care about getting sliced and diced. <laughs> yeah. 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 But with this show, it's like you even characters you don't like, you get invested in them, and when they meet their end, you know it's like, oh shit! <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I can dig, I can, I can definitely dig that. Yeah, yeah. and it's Korean made, and that stuff is made. Well, we already know Korean movies are just flames, yeah. like all across the board. They, you, they're usually just flames. That's made different for yeah. sure. Now with the miniseries, they're able to give each character enough time, enough yeah. screen time to actually make their deaths meaningful. Yeah, that's uh, something that movies can only do for like two or three people. At a time, yeah. anything more, and it's just another horror movie. You know, just another scary movie. Yeah, you're just slicing down victims till you get to the final girl. Mm. You know what? Honestly, I think that's just a Western problem. 
Because when you look mm-hmm. at like anime and manga, you can introduce a character and do a lot in a very, very short amount of time. Versus like I feel like Western audience, like Western, how we do things here, we think we need to have all of these things to like right. show character through. Because it's like, of course, I'm going to go back to my One Piece, but Oda's a master of that where it's like when you he introduces a character, you get everything you need to know about that character. Like when you see their actions and everything else, like afterward, mm-hmm. you can still go back to that panel, like every, that original initial panel. It will show you every type of character trait that they've had ever since then. And I think that we, I think that, um, Western media needs to go back to visual, more visual storytelling instead of just saying everything. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of things you don't, cause in my, in my mind, like the best stories are ones where you can, if I can take the text out, and still get the point across, you've done the movie well. Mm-hmm. Like, if you... Because, to me, speech, music, all that stuff are add are bonuses to make it better. Like, the story, core story itself, you should be able to tell the majority of it with just the pictures or with just, just what's happening. And if you can't do that, then, like, you've already lost the whole point of making anything. And I feel like a lot of Western movie, like, Western media, that's the thing. Like, they try to make these movies, like, for music or for, like, what's being said, but I'm like, go back to the very basis of what a movie, like, you know, what it is. It's like, originally it wasn't a movie. What was it? It was a, it was a play. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was actors like on a stage, like doing these things. And it's like, they had to use like physical things and like their interactions with each other to like tell this story or like the silent movies. Like you had to, they had to figure that out to do, to get their point across without saying anything. And it's like, once you add the words and everything else to it, it should accentuate. And if it's not accentuate, if it's doing everything, then it's not, it's not, you know, you're missing the whole, missing the whole point. You're not doing what you need to be doing anyway. And I feel like Western, I just feel like Eastern media has a better understanding of that aspect of it. And I feel like if we adopted that, we would have better characters and better, um, you know, better, better movies. I think that's a large part of what the Koreans do. Like you get the characters. It's just the, it's the characters and like the, the, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if you have a movie that consists of two people inside of a room for just the entire movie, if you can't tell a story with just those two people in that room, then you're, you're, you're depending on too much. Right. Yeah. As a storyteller, yeah, I think the the problem with that is um comes down to um mostly the derivativeness of like the modern day uh, West. I think it's more of a um less of an East West thing, more of a uh, age thing. Because uh, mm-hmm. when you go back and look at even stuff from like the eighties, like you know Ghostbusters or something like that, um totally different feel from like the stuff they make nowadays. Um because of the, the it's so derivative nowadays that you kind of forget the reasons certain things exist you know it's tropes mm. for the sake of having tropes like this yeah. exists in this sort of movie so i have to have it here right but you kind of lose the reason it's even there in the first place so i think that's going to be the main problem with uh the modern day um it's just so far removed you know because we kind of to a certain degree we kind of look at the audience as savvy like we look at them as like they kind of know what's up in this type of movie so Right. Um, either we're going to do something that they expect or we're going to do something that they don't expect. We don't consider the base level of logic as to why, you know, this is here because we assume they already know it. If we make a Ghostbuster movie, we know that they're, they're going to know that it's a Ghostbuster movie. So we're going to get directly to the action. We're not going to have a setup. We're not going to have the four guys come together. 
set up this uh yeah originally it was it was about them setting up a, um a company it was it was a movie about it was right. a business movie essentially let's have a let's have a ghost extermination service you know it wasn't fun and games it was it was about yeah, entrepreneurs yeah. it was a fucking movie about entrepreneurs and um you know you kind of lose that uh when you take when you try to reboot it because now it's about the now the main story is about the monster itself or something like right that. yeah because you you because at that point you're going on the coattails of the legacy instead yeah. of like actually you know trying to bring a new piece of media in there i heard afterlife was different and like actually it did really it. well yeah, it is it. actually a really good movie i haven't seen it yet i think i bought it but i haven't seen it yet the opening alone i did see the opening the opening have you seen the opening? i've seen the opening yeah the opening alone, it wasn't a ghostbusters kind of it kind of kind of tinges on horror it's not horror but it kind of takes horror and kind of runs with it Open and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was because I'm like, like you said, like the one from the '80s is like it had horror elements into it, yeah, but it was all it was campy horror. Yeah, yeah. But now they had like like actual horror horror, and I was yeah. like, I guess I was. But it's again, like you just said though, I was me watching the like, Ghostbusters. I'm expecting, like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be this campy horror thing, yeah. whatever. But it took it was a nice, it was a nice little subversion. So even that, that kind of that kind of ties into what I was talking about before. Like if you take '80s Ghostbuster horror, you take the the remake, the comedy remake that they did, like. 20, whatever, 2015, 2014, or whatever. So the difference is like in the original, it was campy or whatever, but they could still die. The ghosts were still dangerous. There was a point to it being a comedy and a horror, but in a new one, you watch that, it's completely comedy. You know, nobody's going to die. So it's a totally yeah. different feeling. You kind of get some anxiety, some dread, you know, in the older one for a reason. They still want you to feel that terror because you have to feel something. You're right. in this movie. You don't want to just be there, just blankly stand at the screen. So. So there, there's an art to that stuff that we lost because we don't know. It's like ancient technology. It's like, yeah. you know. Well, I feel you lose that in the remake, though, because like, right, if you make something original, like you, you're making everything from the ground up. Like, yeah. you know, you're making a character. What's their backstory? You know, you're yeah. making this a city. Is it a city that already exists like New yeah. York or is it like, you know, Salt City? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it something that's completely new? Like, you got to recreate that. But when you're going off, when you're doing a remake, it's like, like you said, you're assuming that like, People know things and like yeah. whatever. So like you can kind of, it gives you like almost more creative freedom because you can kind of like do whatever. Cause like certain things are already established. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people just use it as a way to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I don't have to build all these things and I can just assume that everyone already knows certain things. So I can just kind of like do stuff mm-hmm. and see what happens with that stuff. And you, and you lose the reason that it existed in the first place. Like, uh, you know, like Robocop, you know, <laughs> yeah, Ro- Robocop was a whole different movie in the eighties. It was, um, I think the new one kind of tried to use some of those things, but the old one just nailed everything it was going for in the most yeah. top way. For Robocop specifically, I think they tried to make, so the Robocop in the eighties, they had a lot of, um, things from the 80s that were important in the movie that helped yeah. push the movie forward. Yeah. And I think they tried to switch those 80s things to like the, the 2014. New, yeah. They tried to switch the 80 things to 2014 things, but it's like when they switched that, the other, they didn't switch the other half of the things to like match yeah. up with that. So you still have all this 80s stuff yeah. with this early 2000 stuff where it's like the original one was like 80s stuff and 80s stuff and it's like it just yeah. meshed so well and it's like you, you can't change half the movie without adjusting bits from the other part. The original RoboCop was kind of like a take on, um, like a take on capitalism, like a, um, it was like a capitalistic farce. Like they were, they were really going in on capitalism. I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Corporations taking over the police force. You know, it was, it was a big time critique on capitalism in <laughs> that movie in a fun way that you didn't understand. It was a critique on capitalism. Yeah. Um, so the new one tried that, but not 
quite as fun or as well as the um the original. <laughs> no, I didn't hate it, but the original one is definitely um it definitely it's a whole better. different beast. Yeah, You're right. A whole yeah. different beast. The old one had a had a story to tell, had a, yeah. a critique to give, but the new one was a sort of police drama. Yeah. Tragedy yeah. with, a, you know, Alex yeah. Ryan is that his name? Alex Murphy. 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 Uh, yeah. Murphy. Murphy. Mm. Murphy. Murphy getting uh, killed and you know being forced back into back into the force after death. Mm-hmm. I think though, I did like RoboCop himself. I know why. Yeah, that was <laughs> I cool. I, I, know, I did I know like RoboCop you. himself. Yeah. He, he he was pretty cool. So he did, the, so he did the, all the cool things coolly. So the actor or like the actual bro? Oh, I don't even man. actually know who played the actor. <laughs> Joe Kinnamon, who uh, he did uh, Flag in a uh, Suicide Squad. Ah, okay, okay. Boring to boring. <laughs> just soldier guy? Yeah, just soldier <laughs> he looks guy. Like soldier yeah. guy. Well, yeah, why did you like Robocop? I think I know. <laughs> I can't explain it. He just, it, he it felt right. And he was, um, I, I feel like it was, a, I don't know, I just feel like it was a good Robocop. Because he could run. He had knees. <laughs> he had knees. He did have oh, knees. <laughs> no, the movie. The movie was hella, hella decent. Like I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, yeah. It was. I had fun while I was watching. I just knew by the end of it, it didn't leave much of an impression. That's Fair how enough. I feel too. Yeah. It's like I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the ride. I enjoyed the, the you know, an hour and a half, two hours I spent on it. But like I, at the end of the day, like I knew that like OG RoboCop is better. Yeah. Like, I don't actually know what the people who saw the old OG, the old uh, RoboCop felt at the time of seeing it. But I do know that nowadays the the story that Robocop was telling is a pretty known trope now. Mm. Like it's pretty well explored the concept of uh, mega corporations mm. owing the police. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. thing. yeah. Yeah. But um That back, was Deus Ex the Yeah. Yeah. Back then it was probably it may have been pretty pretty novel, mm-hmm. which is why it got such an awesome uh Awesome legacy and spawned all those sequels, mm. all those great sequels. We'll talk about awesome one great, of those sequels. wonderful sequels. One of those sequels, That's right. a sequel. Yeah. It was a sequel. Samurai Ninja Cyborg sequels. <laughs> Claymation in three. Yeah, that made me want to uninstall that. My eyes when I was like, yeah. I don't know, like twelve, whatever that movie came out. I was like, yeah, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. I mean, even I mean, I guess I saw it when I was like twelve, but terrible. Yeah. I knew back then the samurai right. things were terrible, but Robocop with a jetpack and a flamethrower, I was on board for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, you got to get the upgrades, you know? You got to tear up. Yeah. You know, on the subject of remakes that were actually good, I enjoyed the Judge Dredd remake. That mm. was fire. I didn't watch it all the way through. I needed to do that. Fire. It was, it was Arkham was, Asylum. Yeah. With the, was, with the drug bullet time stuff, I, I did want to really yeah. catch that. Because they, they actually took Judge Dredd and they did something different. It was very transformative for the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I've never actually read the comics. Mm-hmm. But um, I've heard some people say that it it feels more... The brutality of the world mm-hmm. feels much more in line with what the comics were portraying. Mm-hmm. And um, they did something very different with the Judge Dredd remake. The, the actual... The actual... Just taking the entire movie and putting it in a single super complex, a single apartment complex of the future, it made it very feel very close together. I was claustrophobic. It wasn't one of those big sweeping things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I like I like stories that can be contained to a single 
place. Mm-hmm. Like a like I agree. Dead Rising taking place inside of just one mall mm-hmm. made that wall mall very important. Mm-hmm. Judge Dredd taking place inside of one huge uh, apartment building made the destruction actually mean something when that apartment building started. I was just about to say the destruction and anytime he took a hit or took a bullet or something, you're just like Shit. Oh yeah. So he's got to patch that up like immediately because he's, he's got to get to the around. top. Yeah. And like <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. Is like he had injuries through the through the movie. He had to like adjust his fighting style or like what he was doing to like compensate for like <laughs> hunger. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was dope. But what sucks though is the reason that movie didn't do well because they marketed it as Judge. Yeah. They read Judge Dread Three D. Oh my god! So no one saw it in oh, theaters. I thought it was the old movie, but in three. <clears throat> yeah, because it was called Dread Three. So no one saw it because it was when people, were, um, cinemas were pushing three D movies for whatever, whatever yeah, that was reason. A bad time. Man. So when it, but it, when it came out on DVD, it cl- eclipsed all the sales it did in movies because like everyone found out it was like legit a good movie, and it was like it never came out on DVD and three D to my knowledge. Like it only came out on like four K <laughs> and like Blu Ray. So when everyone saw it, they just saw the movie. None of the three D bullshit. And it was just like raw movie <laughs> and the sales were like crazy and i'm just like please keep this going yeah yeah that was um wasn't that never mind i thought that was uh like with in like a verse with like another movie like uh, I f- but i'm not sure it's like, in it is know. in someone's verse i don't know okay. i'm not sure which verse it details. is part of it is part of another some other like random comic i think it was like men in black was it? Is Maybe. It, it might be. Why it was something think, random. Super random. It was really weird. I, rem- I remember he fought Dracula, but... <laughs> I mean, I feel like Dracula's canon. Every, every verse has a Dracula. Has a Dracula. For some yeah. reason, I, I feel as if it's Men in Black, but I'm going to have to look that up to make sure. Yeah, Men in Black are like, I'm thinking maybe Image, but I, in particular, a movie came into my head when I was thinking about that, but I don't remember. It was years ago whenever I read that or whatever. Yep. Hot take. Um... Games are actually scarier than movies to me. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. PT. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't played through all the PT, and mm. I can't now, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> for, for me, any Resident Evil, like from mm. from a kid till now, I play. You know, just the fear always grips me in some way, shape, or form. Uh, fun fact: mm. You guys gave me to play RE4. That was my first horror game. Ah, yeah. I never cool. played a. I never played a horror game before that. Actually, you guys I- introduced me a lot. Of, I didn't play a horror game, mm. uh, RPG. Or fighting game. Dope. I think I think you guys might have got me into RPGs. Maybe. Well, I played Pokemon before. Hey, so it's like, you know. But not JRPGs. Like, I mean, I guess Pokemon. I don't know. I, I think I'll have to give Monster Collecting Games its own sub-nation. Though. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I think so. Yeah. You got me into um Western RPGs, because I didn't do Skyrim or Elder Scrolls oh. until... Uh, that was random for me too. I okay. just was it Mass Effect? Was that no. for me? It was Oblivion. Okay, and I, I remember I was during that year. Oblivion was like like that year's Elden Ring it was winning all the awards. It was everywhere. Yeah. Ten out of ten. I nine mean, point eight. Nothing like that game. Huh? And I was a little different. For uh, sure. One day I was just up at GameStop randomly, and I see Oblivion used here, and I'm like. This game really all it's cracked up to be. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy this little nine ninety nine game. It probably ain't gonna be shit. I get it. Two million hours later, man, that was a that was an arc. I remember that's all in my life. 
We we watched you play a lot of that game. We it was never the same game. Like every time we played it, because you always be like, you get to a point like, this character is dumb. Yeah, I'm gonna start like, a new character. It's like, start I'm, over. It's like Ryan. Like, we've been watching you play this character for like an hour. He's like, yeah, I hate this character. <laughs> like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I blew everybody up. <laughs> when I was the worst ones, when like you would like play, start the game, get God tier in like two hours, and it's just like I'm too powerful. The game's not funny anymore. Yeah. I need to be weaker. We're just yeah. like. Just don't use the spell. He's like, I know it's there, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I have the spell. I have to use it. <laughs> Custom spells. Because I remember the one day when you were just like, I remember coming over and you're like, Mark, I did it. I did it. And I was like, what? He's like, I made this spell. And you're like, you showed me like all the stuff he can do, mm. and you just, it just kept scrolling. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this? He's like, it does this and this and this and this and this and this. And I was just like, uh huh. And, and this and this and this and this. That's why it was like two minutes and you just listing off shit that the spell can do. And then I was like, he, and then you, you, you turned around me and you had this sad face and I was just like, what? And you're just like, no one can survive it. So I don't even know if the, I don't even, the effects that go over so the time, it's like they don't even do anything because everyone thought everything's already dead. I remember I had to make 10, uh, 10 magicka boosting spells to use it. They, they, those were custom spells too. Mm-hmm. I just, woo, woo, woo. I, oh yeah, I called it the Eight Gates because that was such a Naruto oh, move at the yeah, time. Right, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Eight Gates and the Wrath of the Raging Demon. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was a good time. Then the world exploded, and I got bored many times, yeah. <clears throat> about a hundred different times. So here's a um, here's an interesting question: What, what was what broke the strike? What straw broke the camel's back? When did you stop? And oblivion, yeah. Um, you mean like just playing or stop grinding in, in oblivion? Are they are they separate? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure anymore. I guess I just wanted to to break the game in every way that I could with every uh, with every discipline they gave you, except for swords because those are boring. So you know, I I make a super master Chuck Norris character and. I'd beat up God, and then I'd get bored. So I'd make a super archer, and I'd assassinate God, and then I'd get bored. So, you know. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I think I saw, yeah, I mean, I saw you do all of them. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. It was always a good time. Facts. Oblivion's still greater than Skyrim. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. It's still yeah. greater. That's nice. Yeah. I'm not going to say hot take, because I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. You can still yeah. play Oblivion to this day. I don't know if Ryan can still do it, but the rest of us normal <laughs> humans, we could uh, still play it to this day. And I know I can. I can uh, find a lot of enjoyment. I can still get lost because there's so much I haven't done. But I would just, if I played it, I would just do the same shit I always do. <laughs> yeah, I always see. That's it. I always, I always, every time I started, I, I, I play the game differently for like three hours, like yeah. three or four hours. Yeah, just change it up a little just bit. Just change it up when yeah. I start. And then like unconsciously, I just go mm. right back down a rabbit hole. Mm. Hmm. Conjuration, armor, <laughs> Iron Man. Yeah, and I think they could they could fix that by just limiting your uh, limiting the things that you can master, just like a uh, Kotor did. Oh yeah, where you you have twenty levels and that's it. At the end of that twentieth level, you can't uh, learn any more skills, so you actually need to make sure that you don't make the final fight unwinnable, like I did by jack of all trades and everything. I don't mind a jack of all trades strategy. I still, I still haven't beaten that game. You know which one? Uh, Kotor one. Oh really? I mean, oh, because you made the fuck. I, I made a jack of all trades yeah. character, and I just could not, I could oh, not beat that guy. No. 
Well, I didn't play it because that battle system made me want to punch monkeys. Hated that battle system. It's like a, it's like a super, super, super slow version of Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah. Also, I another game that can go in the trash can. I fucking love it. I fucking love hitting that X button <laughs> just to get him to. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I love know. it. They just uh, they I just dressed it up differently. They just straight up told me it was a turn based RPG. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you guys lied to me. It was yeah. lies. Yeah, I think I had that reaction initially when I was on a ship because the ship is a whole thing when you first start. Um, but you get over it real Kotor. quick. Hmm? No, I was twelve or Kotor. 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 Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was playing Jade Empire. I came off of Jade Empire. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Jade. So Empire. I was like. I was the balls deep in it. Love, love, love Jade Empire. Really and I was like, went to KOTOR. Because there was like, you play, you know, you like they RPGs, whatever. You yeah, you hop over that. KOTOR. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't really like Star Wars. And I'm they, like, so I didn't lied. like Star Wars that much. And then I got that battle system. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was ready to throw hands with everybody. <laughs> they like, lied to you. You to can't be, compare. To be fair, KOTOR, before you become a Jedi, is kind of like Kingdom Hearts 2 before you get a Keyblade. I wouldn't go that hard on it because you still you can do everything except for shit. Like you can, I mean, it's basic as fuck. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just like a JRPG before you get like a you ton of get special the battle systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, you know, Kingdom Hearts two. If I wouldn't have been a fan of Kingdom Hearts, I would have never got through Kingdom Hearts two. I believe like it. I couldn't be I like just coming in Kingdom Hearts two raw, like not having anything before that, mm-hmm. would have never made it through that first part. Like, yeah. I was pissed, man. You know, I was in school at the time, and you only had oh so much time yeah. between your days of school in real life. And I was like, I need to, I gotta get through. I want to play, man. I can't be doing this tutorial shit. Get me through this, and I couldn't get through it in the day. And I had to go to school, go to sleep. I had to wait a whole day to get back home to start playing King Hearts Two again. That was. Man, I hadn't gotten out of that town yet. I was Still real mad. Boring. I was grinding for money. Yep. Sorry, for Mooney. I was real mad because I didn't know you all were going to do it on Bravo. <laughs> so I got out of that whole black hole of darkness, got we to the game. Bullied you back into I think it. I got to Mulan. And you guys didn't. I heard we did the conference call at the time. And I heard you guys were doing it. I just... I was like, oh, you gonna play it on easy over there? Oh, okay, Breeze. You would be over there playing it on normal mode, like a normal dude, while we over here playing it on real man's difficulty. That wasn't even a problem. <laughs> the problem was having her start over <laughs> and do all that Roxas <laughs> bullshit over again. Oh, man. I kind of grinded at that part, too, because I did like all the job stuff. You're better man than me. I would have told y'all, I was like, fuck, nah, fuck y'all. I'm not doing that shit again. No, I blazed through it the second time to catch up to y'all. Like, I wasn't trying to. Do all that stuff again. You know, I've never replayed Kingdom Hearts 2 because of that. Hmm. I've wow. never, I've never went back to it because in my, in my mind, I was going to make a save file after for that part. Well, yeah. <laughs> and just, just get back to it. I've never replayed it because of that. Yeah. I ne- I just didn't want to do it again. I think I would enjoy it now. I think I've never replayed it either. I replayed Kingdom Hearts 1 all the damn time, but I never replayed Kingdom Hearts 2. I just played the shit out of 2 when I did it. I made, mm-hmm. I did so much in 2 that I never. Wanted to until relatively recently. I think that's what it was though, because mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I put like two hundred hours into yeah, it, so same. like I definitely put enough time into it. So like I didn't. Plus, game, I don't think you need to replay Kingdom Hearts until you forget that like, what happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not a game you need to go back and like do it. Yeah, I want to <laughs> replay it for like I'm gonna say for a story, but I don't really care about the story. But I kind of care about the first three games: one, Chain of Memories, and two. So I kind of want to recontextualize the story because there is some interesting stuff that I didn't understand at the time. I, mean, I don't think you understand it now, to be honest. But nah, 
three especially and everything after two especially, but uh one chain members and two I just went out. If you play any other side off game, I say I recommend Birth by Sleep. It's the only other one. That is the only one besides like Chain of Memories that's actually worth anything. Is that mm-hmm. the one with the Jedi stuff with the three characters? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's with them. And that is the cool thing is too because you get three because you get three unique fighting styles. So you get like, you know, yo big boy attacks with, with Terra. You get like the magic base with um Aqua and then like Benitas, you get like the auto quick strike. So you have like and they have like different um styles and stuff they use. So it's it's it's, it's a it took the battle system of Kingdom Hearts 2 and pushed it and made it better. Mm-hmm. And then everything after that is just like the story completely ignored the story because it's absolutely chaos. I never really cared, but now I really don't care about the story. Yeah, that's right. Like I cared, I cared from one chain of memories and two mm-hmm. and everything after the, when two happened and that was just whatever happened in two. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just that's something, when I something out. in my brain when I heard darkness as, darkness, as darkness, yeah, 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 yeah. When I heard that. As a, you know, proper noun, it was like, nah, don't take this seriously. <laughs> well, even in my child brain, I was like, nah. Don't when Ansem became multiple people, that's when I tapped out. Cause I'm like, anytime, yeah. anytime somebody becomes multiple people, like any form of media, I just, I don't. I don't First time I thought it was cool. I thought him being based off of a real person and then I like the. Initially, like the darkness, regular guy, nobody thing. I, I did like that at first. Then it got out of hand when everybody got to do it. When he was like the special guy. Or the organization that they just had nobody's. I kind of wondered in my head, like, who are the dark or the darkness versions of them? I thought it was kind of cool then, but now I just find it excessive as hell. Yeah, it's some things. It went to the whole, it went the whole Naruto bleach route where you get so many characters and you make so many characters and you can't, you can't do stuff with all of them. So it's like, that's why I'm like, just, just make less characters. They make, make less characters that are more interesting instead of more characters. That less interesting. They just look like generic anime characters. Nah, man, that's an artist-run studio. He started off as a concept artist. Now he's the head of the whole thing. He was drawing zippers. <laughs> now he's Everyone. now this is his story. His story is a zipper. No, yeah, this is open and closed and everything. <laughs> in their defense, in Chain of Memories, they did what we were talking about with suspense very well very well yeah. the writing is so That's, good. that game is fantastic i got to play that as an adult for the <laughs> first time a couple That's years ago pretty incredible it's so good yeah. the writing yeah just very few people very intense intense interactions mm. and that was the story that was the story of kingdom hearts of the chain of memories well, i mean the first excellent. thing you do you start off like I'm, I know who I am. I yeah. just don't know where I am or what's going on. So like you, you you start off in a good like a good place like far as uh to start a story mm-hmm. uh, to start a story that they wanted to start. That is a very good place to start because mm-hmm. you see familiar people, but it's like as the character you don't know who they are, mm-hmm. you don't know what they have. But it's like you like oh I know we we, we went over here together. Mm-hmm. We went did all this stuff together. And like you don't mm-hmm. watch us or remember this stuff whatever. The, the yeah, that was moment, peak. It hooked me really, really good because normally I don't care about amnesia and stories or anything like that. But it was a moment in the game, and I had already noticed the writing was real good. But it got to this point where Sora realized, like, okay, if I, they were all in a room, and then they all realized, like, shit, if we keep going, we're gonna lose our memories. So that at that moment, I kind of felt that too. I was like, damn, if we proceed, we're gonna lose everything if we don't win. <laughs> Like, if you don't get to the very end of this, you're just screwed. You could just sit here with all your memories, but then you're trapped forever. So you gotta proceed. And that that terror right there, I felt it. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real, yeah. real terror. 
Like, that's why it was so it was so good. And that was like the whole tagline of the game. Like one of the characters has, I think one of the hidden characters has said at the very beginning, he was like, to find is to lose. And like everything kind of like hit me at the same time. I was like, oh shit, to find is to lose. Like, mm. yeah, he's right. Because <laughs> you find what you're looking for, you're going to lose everything. Mm. You got what you wanted, but you lost what you had. Yeah. Then the stuff with Namine at the end, you know, what she wanted and all that stuff. It was like, it was wild, man. It was good. it was good though. Like yeah, yeah. so by that, that was the first time. Because even the first game, I was watching the story in so far as it was like a you know just a action popcorn action flick kind of to me. What what good characters that you got attached to? But the second one, I really was paying attention to every line of the story, like literally. But not the second game, but the Chain yeah, Chain Marines. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, we were just helplessly strapped in a roller coaster. Yeah. While uh, playing Chain of Memories, I mean, yep. we wanted to get to that next level to see uh, what yeah. would happen next. Yeah, what's going on? To, what's see, to see Sora snap on the squad. <laughs> he, was, he was going through it. He was going he was through going it, bro. Through it. Going through it. You know what the hell was going on? I felt for man's because I was like, <laughs> couldn't be me. Yeah, couldn't oh be me. Oh my goodness. I almost fell for Lark's scene, but I was like, you had oh, it coming. Oh, no, man. She you tried to drown a shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you should have seen this coming. He was losing his steez. He was losing his cool this whole time. Like, you nah. tried to drown a shark. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that boss fight against Marluxia. Oh, that, that was sucked. awesome. That sucked. That was awesome. Chain of Memories, that sucked. I, Dude, I love boss fights like that. You go through the entire game being able to manipulate the system to your advantage yeah. and then you fight someone who can do the same thing like yeah. oh you're gonna use a zero card to cancel my attack nope yeah. i hit you then my card comes up what are you gonna do about that yeah and you like you just had to think fast like oh shit these rules are completely different so um, so i have i have a whole i have i have data on my soul plan <laughs> this is one of the things i recorded for the channel hmm. so um so it got to the point where I figured out what the fuck to do, but it was so ridiculous that I didn't think that that was the way you should do it because it was going to be so time consuming. So I stopped the game, paused it. I was going to stop playing altogether. This, there's documentation for the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked up a guide and I saw that Mm -hmm. thing I was thinking about this time consuming strategy was the way you're supposed to complete that fight. And this is not the way you play the game leading up to it. And I was just like, all right, (laughs) I sacked up and I did it, but. It was so stupid. It was so incredibly stupid. So you guys remember the fight, right? Yeah. I barely. I just remember that he hits you and then the card comes up. Yeah. So instead of doing combos, you know, even just basic combos, one, two strikes, he's going to throw something out there that kind of cancels out whatever you do. So the way you have to do it is you can't do these long combo strings. You have to literally one, one, mm. one. Then he does the stupid stuff. He goes to the other side. He flies. Then you do your combo, and then he pushes you off of his body spaceship. And then when he gets to the ground again, one, oh. <laughs> just jump, shoot, one, jump and shoot. Yeah, and you repeat the whole thing. So if you have this badass strategy coming into it, you're gonna run out of cards trying to use combos or anything like that. You literally have to go back to the beginning and play like you've never played this game ever. All right. Well. When I was complimenting Marluxia fight, I was just talking about the first one where you just fight him with his Oh, scythe. okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, that was that was yeah, that was yeah. right. 
That the, the extra the, the, the final final boss the fight. The final final boss. Yeah, I hated that fight trash. too. Trash. That's why I said we that we talk, <laughs> that shit's terrible. Trash. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I barely remember that one. I just yeah. remember that he was sitting on. It was like a Doctor Wily yeah, boss fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember anything else about it. So that either means that I cheesed him using Cloud and Omni Slash. You can't. No. Because just because you're eventually running out of cards, he has so much health. Oh, I think uh, with that with actually, the refill. elixir or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think in that fight, that was the fight where I found out that uh, Cross Slash and Braver, just the the one Cloud and the two Cloud cards. Yeah actually end up doing a chunk of damage yeah. compared to Omni Slash. Mm. Oh, because yeah, he does the the flying all around and he missed the hits. Yeah. So, um, but I, otherwise, I, I don't even remember the fight, so it must have been pretty trash. It was pretty bad, and it, it glitched out for me, too, because he has these pedals. You have to kill all the pedals before you get to like, the next phase. At a certain part, I couldn't even hit the pedals. I was just running out of cards. It was like, great Mm. Mm, <laughs> great yeah i do I, I definitely i don't remember the fight but i definitely remember like winning the fight with like three cards left like mm. barely 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 doing it and i was like wins win yeah that game has some very fun but frustrated fights where characters were given so many advantages over you it did like like i mean like yeah. i mean like uh, movement advantages characters have such great movement you have such a limited number of cards you could use and it just was like yeah, that cause, and it sucks because like coming from Kingdom Hearts, like movement is like one of the the biggest bases of it. Like once you yeah. get like super jump, yeah, I mean high jump yeah. and super glide and like all yeah. that stuff, like your whole <laughs> fighting strategy changes. Yeah, because like for the most part, I just air juggle everything, and yeah. then like once you combo something in the air, you can just fly over there and just yeah. keep the air combo going. So yeah. I mean, like I was a master of gliding in the um the console games, but um all you had in a chain room was like a dinky dodge roll. Dang it! Then Riku's like teleporting everywhere. Like once you get him, he's like hopping over here. Or uh, my man's had like a shield. Um, Vexen had the ice. Was it ice? Yeah, ice shield. Yeah, so you can only hit him from behind. It was like that. That stuff I hated because it was like this, this isn't an action game, y'all. This is a, uh-huh. this is a card based fighting RPG. Oh. Yeah, Damn, you better uh, better come up with some better strategies. You better start using that yeah. fire spell. Yeah. Against Vexen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. Like, all the fights and stuff for the last one, I had a good time with. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it was, um, you could just go bash your head against every fight, or you can just, like, technic- technical way, technical, your way out of it. Mm-hmm. And get creative. Only thing so I didn't like was that on. you couldn't, the grinding was limited. Like, if you wanted to go get a bunch of cool stuff, um, that was fairly limited, because you had to, like, really go backtrack to previous worlds if you wanted to grind. Other than that, yeah, I love even the frustrating fights. I, I enjoyed them. Like um, Luxine, yeah, like three against her, and they were all pretty good. Mm, I enjoyed it. That last fight was especially, especially satisfying. Mm. And uh, I really liked the Marluxia, the first Marluxia fight, because it completely changed the rules of the game in a good way. Mm. Where uh, you'd probably spent the entire game with your zero cost cards, just completely nullifying enemies. Mm-hmm. And now you fight someone where that just completely doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He hits you, and then his card comes up mm-hmm. to say that he was going to hit you a second ago. Yeah, and that it—that's pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. You had to, yeah, you had to really learn very quickly. How should I beat this guy mm-hmm. who is just faster than me, mm-hmm. like a damn anime character mm-hmm. who, who can just do the samurai foosh slash on me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, him, him and Hook really like. You remember the Hook fight? I don't remember Captain the Hook, Hook fight. 
Captain Hook had zeros. Oh. So oh, that's, those were the fights that really kind of changed up how you approach the game because you was, run in there. Was he the first boss with zeros? I think so. I want to say, yeah. He's like the first boss with like zeros. Because when you said Captain Hook, a memory, nothing popped up in my head, but like my ears perked up. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what it is, but my mm-hmm. body remembers the fight. It, it was a very awkward fight and um, there was a lot of retries on that one on my part. Him and, him and Hades and uh, Vex, not Vex, and um, Larxene, Marluxia. Larxene and Marluxia had yeah. like one of the Riku fights. I had. Ronnie to read the last one. Was it the last one? The that, last that Riku one was, fight, uh, yeah, when he was just a Dragon Ball character. He was yeah. just here, there, everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's like that fight in Hollow Bastion too, though, where you fight him. It's just like the first time I fought him, oh, I yeah, yeah. murked. Because yeah. I was like, bro, how can you do all this? We started at the same time. I got this little <laughs> <gasps> roll, and you over here dash canceling, like super jumping and shit. I'm just like, bro. Yeah, the super suit. Too bad, the man. super suit. No <laughs> one's playing super turbo. Someone else is playing CVS. I mean, it'd be like that, man. It's terrible, though. But, I mean, I guess it'd just be like that sometimes. But it was interesting, though, that, like, because uh, essentially it was, all a, it was all a dream. Yeah. It was all a dream. Yeah. He came back later, right? And, uh, no, the Kingdom Hearts recruit. I think he came back later. Kingdom Hearts Channel Memories recruit. The the sh- the shell. I think they reused him. Yeah, he had three. I'm not. I think he absorbed the shell to become. Because I think it was something he had to like overcome his darkness and like that was his. Phys- that was the physical manifestation. Physical manifestation of his darkness, and he absorbed him. Okay, I think I haven't played a Riku side yet, so I, I wanted to do that soon. For the channel, but I haven't been able to yet. Yeah, and this is is it. It was pretty good. I don't remember much about Riku Story. Man, I know I did it, but I don't remember too too much about it. But yeah, I guess that's neither here nor there. All right, well, I guess that's gonna wrap up the. Was this the first or the second episode of the podcast? All right, then Mark, I'll see you later. May all your pillows be cold, and may all your beds be warm. Hope you guys have horrible dreams. Good night.